You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Radio Podcast. Today we're brought to you by TattooSmart.com. This week I received an email from TattooSmart. And it basically asks, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to get involved with digital? There's a ton of options, ton of opportunity out there right now. And if you're looking to take your tattooing to a uh, higher level, then I think that you need to get involved with digital. And TattooSmart.com is the place to start. You may want to get involved with a Wacom tablet. You may want to get involved with an iPad Pro. I think you need to go out there and look and see what the options are. This is taking me a few years to get to the point where I'm now almost 100% digital. I love it. It's really taken um, my tattooing to another level, I feel. And uh, I think it's smart as a business person to go and start looking at your options to make your job better, to set yourself apart, which is what we've been saying all along, is this is a way to set yourself apart from that guy down the street who's not using these tools. Head over to TattooSmart.com, use the promo code SWANSON, that's my last name, use the promo code SWANSON at checkout and you're going to get 10% off your order um, of digital tools. So check that out guys, TattooSmart.com, ancient craft, modern perspective. Now we're also brought to you today and I'm super excited to announce that SullenRadio.com is up. I want to give a big thank you to TattooNow.com, Gabe, Tyler, all the guys over there that worked on the site, I appreciate it. For the longest time, this has been the biggest challenge for me. Having a site built for me that's easily manageable and that can function the way that I want it to function. I've had sites, numerous sites in the past that were either built by a buddy, built by a guy that I found, built by people that really didn't have the tattoo sensibility that I wanted to come through in my site. I decided, well, why don't I go to the experts, right? TattooNow.com has um, site building capabilities and they've done sites for amazing artists. Guys like Stefano Alcantara, Guy Atchison. A lot of these guys have had sites built by, built, a lot of these guys have had sites built by TattooNow.com and for good reason. The site looks beautiful. It functions the way that I want it to. So go check out TattooNow.com, get a website built. Again, if you're an artist and you need to set yourself apart, the ways to do it, I think, go digital and get a beautiful site built by TattooNow.com. Okay, so let's get to SullenRadio.com. I'm super excited that this site is up and running and functioning properly. Again, I appreciate all the work that those guys did for me. What you guys can do now is go check out SullenRadio.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you click the subscription tab, it's going to take you to the sign up. Now, what you're going to get if you sign up, you're not going to get a ton of junk email. You're not going to get me sending you a bunch of nonsense. What you are going to get is part of the conversation. Finally, I've decided to release it. Part of the conversation I had with Lyle Tuttle, um, amazing stories, amazing stuff. So if you want to get that private track to my conversation with Lyle Tuttle, Go sign up for the newsletter at sullenradio.com. I really appreciate it, guys. I look forward to connecting with you guys on there. 
and over the next few months, letting you guys hear some really cool conversations that uh, you're only going to be able to hear if you sign up. So go check it out, sullenradio.com. Sign up for the newsletter and uh, grab a print. Um, more stuff's going to be coming to that store as well. So uh, stay tuned, guys. It's exciting. I'm excited about it. It feels like a big relief to finally have a website that is, like I said, just functions good. It does what I need it to do. So um, go check it out, sullenradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you're interested in my work. That's Swanson at gmail.com on both those platforms. So go check that out. Give me a follow. This was a really fun conversation for me. It was um, with Antonio Mejia, who works at Good Time Charlie's, who is really amazing artist. Um, he does a lot of um, big draw-on work, and uh, it was exciting to talk to him. He's very inspired. He's very into bringing his own culture, the Mexican culture, into his work, and I, I love that. It, it almost gave me a feel of the way that he approaches it seemed to be similar to the way that um, a, a Samoan um, family or or a, even a Japanese family would approach tattooing that family element was there and that cultural element was there and so it was really fun to talk to him a great guy great tattooer and I hope you guys enjoy it this is the Selling Radio Podcast I'm Joe Swanson and this is me talking with Antonio Mejia This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. It's amazing to me to be at this place in tattooing right now where there's so much innovation, there's so much inspiration. People are testing out all these different boundaries, you know, with it, um, but still kind of maintaining these traditions and these... Uh, these ways. So it's, it's cool to see different, different people, you know, pulling in different directions, man. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a trip. And the, the, I, I started tattooing, I think, I don't know. I was, I was young. I kind of don't count those beginning years. So I'm not sure. I, I started in a tattoo shop in 95 mm -hmm. and, um, and I had a few years before that where I was just a kid, you know, in high school kind of messing around and, um, I actually ended up dropping out of high school just to continue tattooing, and I've never had a job since. I still joke with my kids about that. Because <laughs> my, my wife will complain; she'll be like, "Oh my God, you're gonna go, you're gonna go to work. That's not even work. You're gonna go have fun, and you're gonna socialize." And <laughs> I'm like, "Well, nobody told you to go to college. You know, you could have dropped out like I did. <laughs> uh, not recommended. Definitely not recommended. But um." Yeah, I can remember um, there's been, like, these huge changes, man, in the way, I guess, the accessibility, of course. You guys have talked about this on the show before, but, you know, the the, the sheer accessibility um, has made it come to, like, you know, the numbers have tripled, bifold, whatever. They've, they've, um, they're growing, for sure. The amount of numbers, the amount of... Um, actual art students that are joining the, the, the crew and everything are, are, um, you know, staggering, which is actually pretty good. Cause you know, you, you're getting a lot of high quality skilled folks and then, uh, you know, more creative approaches. And then, uh, now, you know, globally, it's just, uh, 
it's amazing, man. It's amazing to see. And you see some of these hungry kids in like smaller countries and they're just killing it. It's like, damn, 20 years old, 19 years old. And yeah. they got everything accessible to them. So, yeah, it's good. There's there's something good in it, you know. There's, there's um, of course, there's going to be some not so awesome stuff that's going to come out of it. But mm -hmm. I think uh, the good is going to far outweigh. I'm pushing that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that the good will outweigh the bad stuff coming out of it. <laughs> when you see those kids that are 19, 20, 22 years old crushing it, you know, defined styles or being able to do multiple styles and really at a high level how does that push you in in your work or as an artist how do you how does that make you feel like when when you see that you have a pretty refined and defined style that you work within and i i love it um you know if you look at your instagram you're gonna see some things that you push in different directions but you know that big aztec black and gray you know, yeah. pattern work stuff is, is amazing that you do. So, uh, Thank you. Well, you, you know what I, I see? A lot of the stuff I see is, is a lot of rendering. So I think that that kind of helps me out in that, um, you know, we don't have a copy machine. Well, I don't use a copy machine or, or um, like I, I don't make stencils anymore either. Very rarely. Mm -hmm. I just kind of like to draw on the, on the skin. Um, almost everything i'll still do a portrait you know once once in a while but um when did that change like when you when did you just say fuck it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do any more stencils i'm just gonna draw this on because i'm you know what i kind of always grew up uh just drawing so uh even from the out, out the gate um when i started in the shop i, I didn't really i didn't really dig it i i, I kind of did it for a while i think the first eight years i was I was doing some stencil work, but for the most part, I would I would do pen work. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started in Tattoo Land in 2004, um, I started to redo some stencil stuff. I, I just kind of wanted to do a lot of the flash that was there. Mm -hmm. So when I had an opportunity to take something off, it was kind of hard because to get the flash off the wall, you had to walk up to the wall and you got to trace it off the wall. And Jack better not catch you fucking peeling that shit off the wall because you ain't going to hear the end of it. But uh, that said, you know, there, there's a lot to learn in in stenciling something, you know what I mean? And there's something that's, that is that is special about it. As far as when I started doing the, you know, the Mexican style mm -hmm. traditional work, drawing it larger scale, I think in... 2000 I started drawing uh I did my first like bodysuit that would be um you know larger scale and that's where you know stencil just wasn't going to work anymore it was going to have to be I was going to have to step back and the stencils got ridiculous you know I, I laid out a couple back pieces like that and it was just a little too much and I figured you know I spent four hours drawing a stencil on paper and then uh, another you know hour and a half um, making the stencil and then you know another two hours trying to fucking place it just right and yeah i figured you know what if i just take a pen to this it's just gonna be a little easier and, and yeah that's where yeah and i, I think that's the difference i think what, what kind of keeps us in, in business and I, I say us meaning my family i'm kind of teaching my son too so mm -hmm. 
um, the fact that we do draw everything on and, and um, we're not rendering uh, consecutive images, you know, so I think that that kind of helps us out. So I see it often and um, it's amazing, you know, it's super tight mm -hmm. and it's super clean to see all the, the, the rendering stuff. But uh, you see it so often almost, you know, same portfolios and, you know, in, in different peoples. And it's great for um, technique and all that. But uh, I think longevity, the, the fact that we continue to create, you know, individual designs. And I think that kind of helps us out. So I think, think when you're talking about the scale that you're talking about, too, you know, body suits, back pieces, full front torsos, sleeves, yeah. you know, I would say like the smallest section would be a big, big thigh, you know, maybe that, yeah. that once you're at that level of size, it's different with stencils, man. You know, you get outside that stencil size and, you know, it's easy to piece a few of them together, but as you get outside that, you know, like you said, put more time into the drawing and figure out your process, um, to do it with pen on body, you know, right to body. Like, uh, man, you see that influence from like Philip Lou and, and those guys that drew big stuff on. And, um, I think Ogway still does a lot of that, you know, he just draws it on and it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to see, man. Yeah. So, um, uh, There's a, a different feel to it. Yeah. I, I think it works because once you once you start sketching, I mean, honestly, when, at this point now, when someone comes to me for a tattoo, most people kind of want what I do. You know, they mm -hmm. see, they're like, I want what you do. They want that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, tell me a little bit about you so I can help dial it in. And, you know, once I got enough information, the honest truth, when I look at their body, I'm not thinking a specific design at that point. I'm kind of like looking at the muscles and I'll take a red pen and I'll start, you know, isolating the different muscles and I'll have them bend and stretch and hmm. I'll mark out all the map out all the movement and everything. And, and then once I've got the area kind of dialed in all the movement and stuff, um, then we'll start to figure out, I'll look for the design in that within those lines, you know, within that movement and, and uh, yeah, it totally makes a difference. I, I think because you know you you can take that and get your transfer from that, and then work on it on the table. But mm -hmm. it, it's never going to come across exactly the same. Once you start drawing and you rotate the body a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and you know you're making up for those foreshortening angles. And mm -hmm. there's so many dynamics going on when you're dealing with a canvas that's uh, that moves. You know that talks right. shit, that fucking burps and. <laughs> it <hangs> yeah. out. <laughs> right yeah it's it's a it's a whole nother ball game you know you're you're definitely um you definitely have to to be mindful when you're working just on right on the skin with pen what's been you you're posting a lot of the tattoo pen is that kind of your go-to tool when you're drawing on is the is the tattoo pen which i've loved you know tim hendrix did a great job with those and they've always you know for shit man they've been around how long over a decade now yeah and you know they're just a quality product i i think personally having used them and um does that seem to be your go-to stuff or do you like markers what do you tend to go with i i love the tattoo pen man 
my problem is not having enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now they're great. The 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 you know the larger the ballpoint. There there was some Japanese ones we used to pick up. Mm. Um, at a Kinokuniya, they would carry that one point six, like a like a larger ballpoint. And uh, those work great too, but uh, Tim's, you know, they're right there. They're accessible and and they're 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 great, great price, easy to you know dispose of if you need to. And and uh, yeah, I love the buildup, the the way they travel on the skin. Those super super nice. You know what I mean? They they just flow. They're they're yeah. they're one of my favorites. I do once in a while when it's like uh, trying to lay out like a full if I'm going to lay out a full suit in one session like I want to lay out a full outline mm -hmm. I, I got an orange like the little secret weapon I got this orange ink from Japan and I use one of those brush pens and I'll kind of lay out my, my base with that orange uh, brush pen and then I'll come through with the tattoo pen the, the red and then the blue and then if I need to I'll go black yeah. if I'm feeling super nervous <laughs> Do you think like, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, like, you know, I've found over the last few years adding digital, adding the digital tools to my process um, has really helped. Even if I feel like I'm going to freehand that piece on, mm -hmm. even doing prep, you know, preparatory sketches and things like that digitally, um, even with a scanned in picture of the body, things like that. Um, have you thought about using that? to enhance the work or do you feel like it's almost better to have the work just coming organically without that digital like mm -hmm. section in there in the process? Um, you know what? I, I'm a big fan of the digital setup as far as I can give you an example. Like my, my partner, Chris Brand, he's an amazing tattooer. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, but the kid is, uh, off the charts. He's, he's, He's um, I, I think when initially our relationship, I was kind of teaching him some stuff, but honestly, I've learned way more from him <laughs> <laughs> tenfold over the years. But anyways, Chris Brand's like, man, this guy's a genius, like a mathematician, scientist when it comes to tattooing. So he's he's uh, he'll break stuff down into thumbnails, you know, full bodies. Yeah, and then um, he would do like present, let's say, eight thumbnails. On, on on two sheets and each one was a different different take uh it might be like this outline this flower here this outline here and then uh maybe this one's color this one's black and gray this one's a different color right. and he'd come to work with this folder like prepared to work with his client and their clients are just like wow this is amazing <laughs> you know it's already drawn on them because he would photograph them before and then input all that information mm -hmm. Anyways, the other day we were both working at the Diamond Club and um, I was like, so what are you working on today, Chris? And he's like, oh, I got to finish uh, butt cheeks on this guy. So he's bringing the back down, right? And I was like, sweet. So I was like, uh, he's got this little um, tablet thing. And then he shows me the, the butt cheeks done. And I was like, oh, you're already done. He's like, no, no, that's just an idea. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, that's not tattooed. That's just, I just drew it in with the tablet. Uh -huh. And I was like, no way. I was like, that shit looks fucking, looks real. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, do you like this one or that one? And he'll switch him back and forth. Yep. And I was like, there's two different, like you did two different 
Like he did two complete, it looked like complete tattoos mm -hmm. on the ass already. And I was like, Ooh, that's a mate. <laughs> and oh man, it's, I guess the possibilities are, are great. You know what I mean? To, mm -hmm. to see that level, I imagine he's on the forefront of what's really happening. Um, for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm in the moment. I tend to overthink mm -hmm. shit. So <laughs> if, um, someone gives me, a lot of times it's just better if you don't even tell me what you want until the day we're going to work on it. Mm -hmm. Because I've got a, a whole lot of things going on. And um, I just work better uh, under, like, extreme pressure. That's that's when I think I'm able to – I have that kind of a retarded um, <laughs> approach to things. <laughs> well, I think sometimes when you're immersed in that – I mean, you're immersed in that culture. You're immersed in those images. You know, you're you're – 100% about it. And so to be able to have what's, you know, flowing creatively at that moment come forth, not be hindered by ideas prior or thought, you know, yeah. five seconds of thought in between getting groceries and, and grabbing your Starbucks and doing all these different things in the morning, like just yeah. being able to sit down, know you have five hours ahead of you of just creation and you can be in that moment. I think that's great. I, I find... Like I'm half and half, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of the time, if I have preparation for tattoos, I like to prepare them digitally, you know, and oh, from, from start to finish, from sketch to, to tattoo, it's, uh, it's done on my little Wacom tablet. Uh, right. and a lot of times I will do, you know, color studies or shading studies, things like that real quick with them. Um, but then there's other times where, I want to get back to that like feeling of just drawing on skin. It's, you know, particular imagery that I'm comfortable with, you know, traditional stuff that I can, you know, I can make work. Right. And I love that spontaneity to that and being able to say, okay, well, what do you kind of want this tattoo to feel like, you know, regardless of images and let's make that feel come through in the moment here with pen on your skin and then put that thing on with the, you know, with the, with the machines. And I, I love that, you know, so I'm mixed, man. I kind of go back and forth. Like I really yeah. am drawn to that new digital, like ease of workflow, but I yeah. love, but I, God damn it. If I don't love <laughs> to go back to that, you know, yeah. uh, just working direct on skin. Yeah. The, 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 for me, the direct on skins, probably the best solution for for the way my brain works i i gotta be like i said i overthink shit and and if you give me too much time i'm i feel like i'm gonna lose it you know yeah. i'm gonna lose that magic how do you how does that play out in your painting then uh it, it works good um however i do find myself stunted <laughs> <laughs> I, I man it's funny that you say that because I do right now I've got this this piece in my gallery and it's about 15 feet by like 22 feet and um it's been like this fucking <laughs> this monkey on my back that's just sitting there looking at me every day and uh and I think I I overshot like I was initially out the gates mm -hmm. I'm on it you know yeah. and I'm painting and I'm going for it and I think that's what I'm starting to figure out is like in in live painting sessions I, I can flow uh, over time, like having being a disciplined artist, you know, requires 
uh, a lot of attention and, and you know practice and skill and and everything so yeah I'm I'm, I'm dueling with that I'm, I'm I'm fighting with that right now but uh, I wonder no, if I wonder if taking on like getting one of those tablets right and um, learning the basics that you need to um, take that 15 by 20 and reduce yeah. it down to those thumbnail sizes and you can yeah. just do a shit ton of them and and be real creative and real like it doesn't really matter right you can just do it on and you yeah. and and you just need to know the skills that's just for that particular process right so you yeah. don't even have to know the whole program it's just like i operate the same way i would operate with tracing paper analog like i operate that same way digitally it's just layers mm -hmm. on layers and it's right. the same process as i'm doing it on this on this computer screen um, and so I wonder if like taking that and being able to use that tool to just like reduce that thing down to a like real small little size, whip out these ideas and then be able to like put that idea back up on that big 15 by 20 canvas in a disciplined way. Right. Because you've already yeah. used your creativity and float it in that, uh, digital sense, you know, or I mean, on paper in a sketchbook, you know what I mean? I'm just saying mm -hmm. like taking that big you know, huge canvas, it might be intimidating, break it down to these little tiny five by, you know, uh, whatever. Oh man, I, I love the torture. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I think I thrive on it. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right, man. I, I do need to consider it. We are in a different time and, you know, it's like that. I, I, I have an apprentice. My son's been working mm -hmm. with me for a while. So I'm conscious of the way uh, you know the tools that I have around because I kind of want him to follow this mm -hmm. I want him to have like a certain base you know what I mean yes and I don't want to corrupt that right now so we haven't we haven't tableted it up yet yeah but I can see it coming <laughs> I, I I see I see more uh, uh friends of mine that are close that are utilizing it and I'm watching them do this shit and mm -hmm. it's so easy and it's so fucking quick and and I think it's like getting so much more accessible, man. It's like an i like these days, iPad Pro with Procreate, you know, um, a Wacom tablet with, you know, Clip Studio Paint or Photoshop or right. Sketchbook Pro. If you want to, you know, like I've talked about it before. I use Sketchbook Pro in the beginning, you know, on my iPad at first, and just like really felt it out and you know pushed it to its limitations that I could with what I needed it to do. And then move to the Wacom tablet. Um, and man, I'm not even touching the capabilities I have with that thing, but I use it to enhance my own, it's just my personal workflow. If I'm doing a piece of, um, a piece that I can use these tools to make it easier for me to draw, like right. I'm on a tight schedule, man. I got a family, I got a little new baby, I got a family, I got yeah. this, I got that going, you know? Yeah. So. Um, I, I love, I love it, man, but I, I do get that like draw to that, that, you know, just drawing on, you know, yeah. I did a lot of that early on in my career, you know, with, uh, freehanding stuff, you know, in Minnesota that people wanted, man, two, two years of that was, and a lot yeah. of it was because we were so busy. I was making needles and doing this and doing that. It's like, I don't have time to draw that. I'll just draw that shit on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, how's it been, man? Working at uh, Good Time Charlie's, you know, that's that's uh, one of them. You know, that's a legendary spot. 
Yeah, it's it's been um, oh, it's amazing, man. I I um I spent ten years in one shop before there, and mm-hmm. then I went to there, so that's the second shop I've been at. And um, yeah, it's been it's been freaking amazing, man. We we at one point we had um, eleven of us working, I think, at, at the peak uh-huh. of our session, and it would be eleven of us, and I mean eleven machines going at once, and it was like. It was Jack, you know, in his office, and then you got Roy, and then Stan Corona, and then Brandy, and then we had Lucky, and then we had Chewy in the corner, and then Chris Brand, and then myself, and then um, uh, the other Chewy, and then Pint was around, and uh-huh. it was just an amazing, amazing to walk around the room with so much energy, and uh, that that particular group of folks, um, we did some like. Uh, you know, we, we did a little bit of that 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 uh, that homage to the 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 you know the the what did what did they call it when Philip and Guy would would and Jack would get together and Paul collaborations and do, like the art yeah, fusion yeah the art fusion thing so we started to kind of try to revitalize that within our own hmm. shop you know so we did um, we did several bodysuits together uh, front torsos back torsos. Um, I think the whole shop we all tattooed on on uh, Charlie Cartwright. We all did his the background on his legs together, and uh, so there was a lot of that going on. You know what I mean? And like real personal, just you know, getting to know each other, getting to know tattooing, and um, yeah, all that good stuff, man, happened in there. And uh, you know, hopefully it'll continue. I, I know uh, right now I'm not there as often as I used to be. And the crew's kind of shifting. There's a, there's a new there's a new group of, of guys that are in there, and um, but you know th- that's the way it's been. Jack's had different people with him since the '70s, and and the family gets bigger, and people come and go, and uh-huh. but um, definitely amazing, man. A great great uh, great experience, man. Great great uh, friends and family that we've 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 gotten to meet, and and uh, you know. Um, made these bonds with and, you know, be able to study with, be able to study with mm-hmm. each other and then share, you know, share without, without like egos, not tripping, nobody tripping and everybody kind of sharing and, and totally different styles, man, completely different folks from different places. And yeah, it's amazing. It's been great. <laughs> man, I, I can, I can relate in, in the sense of being in an environment where, there's open information and everybody's striving to, you know, produce and, and do the best that they can. Um, back in 90, I think it was 99 again. Um, I did a guest spot in San Francisco at Erno's tattoo. And, you know, when Erno was still alive and, um, I actually stayed in that shop, got to sleep in that shop. Um, and this is when Greg Coles was working there. George Campisi was tattooing there. Um, you know, it was a formidable, you know, my formidable years. And it was just, you know, amazing to be uh, a part of that experience. And, you know, seeing these guys striving to, you know, do their best, their best work. And, um, you know, one thing I, I saw out there too, Erna was making these copper embossed like plates, man. And I saw on your Instagram, uh, that you've been doing this, uh, embossing some copper. Tell me about that, man. Cause that was something that, man, it was so, uh, 
appealing to me back then, like sitting in that little weird museum that he had of like this weird European flash, I think it was, and uh, just chilling out, looking at these copper, you know, embossings that he was doing of, of you know, Tibetan wind and dragons and, nice. you know, just yeah. really cool shit. And then seeing yours um, over the last few days as I was looking at your stuff and um, man, it's beautiful. How'd you get into that? Um, you know what? I, I had this friend. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, you know Chuco Caballero. He, he was an old, old collector. Okay. Um, Chuco, he, he, he was just a, a cat from Compton down mm-hmm. here that we used to work on. Yeah. And uh, he's a homie. He's a good person. He, he actually introduced me to this guy named Victor Bono. And um, Victor Bono happened to be a master coppersmith. He's recognized internationally as one of the, one of the world's masters in, in copper embossing. And um, he had an, an amazing, interesting story that uh, just, you know, it, it just appealed to me. It, 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 um, so I met Victor Bono. I looked into his background. He had, he had served a 32-year sentence. Um, yeah, so he was locked up from 1967 to 1999. And then I met him uh, 2005, I think. We started hanging out and... Um, yeah, just an amazing story to be able to to hang out with a with a gentleman with that much experience. You know, uh, he had a third of his life in prison, and then he had his young, his youth. You know, where he learned how to do copper out in Watts and a community center, and then when he went to prison, he kind of like honed it, refined it, and then um, actually became a recognized master in prison, and was was later released and and. Um, you know, because he, he was just a good, all-around good person mm-hmm. and amazing, extraordinary artist. So uh, he started working with us at the at the gallery we have there and uh, did it workshops. And then uh, his interest was more in teaching. He wanted to teach the embossing to people that wanted to teach it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to teach it to you if you wanted to learn it. He wanted to teach it to you if you were going to take it further and teach other people. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that was his 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 uh, mission towards the end. He he just recently passed away about a month ago. We uh, we, we we you know said goodbye to him. But um, a really great person, a big influence on my life. And um, uh, I think when he passed away, that 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 weekend, I started making that one piece, a recent serpent piece that we did. And then um, I've just been on it ever since, man. I've been working on them every day. I, I got new copper in and, and just kind of messing with it. And uh, I don't know if it's just because of him or what, but, um, yeah, my son made that. I, th- I think you saw a little Sacred Heart piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son just made that one for his mom. So, um, yeah, my son's kind of like picking it up also, which is what we wanted, you know. Uh-huh. for it to not not uh, die so if we can keep passing it down the road you know kicking the can down the road <laughs> that's then, another uh, another part of the skill set that you want to teach you know your son uh-huh. obviously H- how did you approach that man um you know thinking about taking your kid on as an apprentice i think a lot of people think mm-hmm. about taking on an apprentice um and it's a difficult decision first of all um a lot of times it can turn out poorly, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and how did you, 
make that decision? What was the, you know, how did you lead up to that? And then when you did, what's your approach with it? Wow. Um, with my boy, you know, uh, the kids grew up around it. They've been around the tattooing mm -hmm. since they were, before they were born, you know, I was tattooing. So, uh, when we got married, my wife was kind of married into it and, and she's, she loves tattooing. So she's, she's got full back now and, and um, her sleeves are, are down their forearm and stuff. And, and anyways, the tattooing is a big part of the family and as well as, you know, with all our, um, all our peers and stuff, all our family, extended family. So, you know, the kids have always been around it. My son in particular had had been really bugging since he was little, man. Since he was uh, seven, he was already like, you know, poke me with the dad. Like, it's not going to hurt me, dad. I know it won't hurt me. And I'm like, no, dude, you need a way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think um, – He's the one that showed the most interest. I do have an older daughter that's also an artist right now. She's at at um, Cal Arts, you know, doing the college thing. Yeah. She's doing great. She's more of a sculptor. Uh, the younger one also is an artist, but my son in particular, the tattooing really was calling him. So mm -hmm. after him bugging me for a while, I, um, I believe he was ten when we decided. You know, he had just met Philip too. And we had hung out with them, you know, and uh, they were sharing stories. And they are kind of tripping on him, too, because he's a little long-haired kid. <laughs> so they were like, oh, you look trippy. You look like us when we were little, you know. And and uh, they actually, they they had a uh, they had a few conversations, Philip and Coat. And I think that really struck him, too. And, and he was asking Philip about his first tattoo and all that. And. And then when we came home, he was like, yeah, I, I just want to do it, Dad. And, and I was like, well, there's a lot of things to it, son. It's not just like I want to do it, Dad. And, um, yeah, and it's been it's been pretty awesome, man. He, he started at 10, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot to it that, that uh, we'll just keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But um, the main part of it, I, I wanted him to learn from the bottom, so... Well, what I started him out with was um, we, we do also have ties to our culture and, and our traditional ceremony. So I wanted to include a, that mathematical uh, counts in his apprenticeship just to make it easier so that he could keep the, the count. So the count for us, a complete cycle, was the number 52. So I said, well, your apprenticeship will be 52 tattoos and um, we're going to split them up into four sets. So four sets of 13. And the first 13 I want from you are going to be hand poke. So he spent the first five years hand poking. And it took him five years to complete 13 tattoos. And um, now we're in the... I started teaching him about rotaries, so uh, homemade rotaries. So he's on number seven on homemade rotaries at this point we've abandoned the whole guitar string i think we've had enough of that for the <laughs> for seven so where he's at at this point is uh trying to build a frame with my brother who's a welder he's kind of working with him on on, on um, designing a frame that can be battery operated but use disposable cartridge change out 
So that's where he's at in his apprenticeship. From from there, we're gonna go um, work with Franco a little bit just to kind of see how he, he the you know the 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 la the latter end of the rotary, mm -hmm. and then um, and then the next set of thirteen, he'll be working with uh, Stan Corona, working on uh, coil machines, and he's gonna start wrapping coils and and you know going through the whole bit, and then uh, when we're done with that third set of coils. I told him the last 13 tattoos to complete the 52. He can use any of the the prior methods. So if he wanted to do a couple hand pokes and and as long as I get another 13 solid ones and we get to 52 at the end. And then um, in a nutshell, that would be his apprenticeship. I told him at that point, if you wanted to not tattoo anymore, that would be fine with us. Uh, the only commitment you have in tattooing is hooking up me and mom and your sisters and your, you know, the immediate family, you're always going to tattoo us. And that was your fault for <laughs> accepting that at 10. <laughs> but if you don't want to do a business, you know, you want to do something else, then you're, you're free to go as far as I'm concerned as uh, you know, as a student of, 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 uh, of our school of tattooing. So that's where he's at, man. He's, he's, he's taking it slow and, He's 15 right now, and, uh, you know, he does all kinds of stuff, so he's busy. So his tattoo time is limited to, like, right now he's about to get ready to, to get back in, in there and um, and grind. We're actually thinking about keeping him at the shop to help out over the summer a little bit more, mm -hmm. at least for the next month because he's got um, football and all that stuff, too, that's coming up. But, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> How does it make you feel when you see him complete? you know, those, those parts of the, st uh, of, of each series. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's amazing. It's a, it's a fucking, it's a dream. You know what I mean? To, I to be able to sit back and watch him work on uh, uh -huh. my sister and work on, he worked on my mom before I worked on my mom, which I was a little butthurt about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he did, you know, he tattooed my mom, gave her her first tattoo and, uh, um, he tattooed me first and, uh, you know, he's, he's tattooed his sister and, uh, yeah, it's just been great. To, it's good to see him slowly, um, you know, building his, uh, confidence. And then, uh, he's gotten a lot of support too. You know, whenever we go up, we, we work quite a bit up with, uh, Bill and Junie at Diamond Club. So when, when I go up there alone, on road trip, you know, I'll go stay up there a couple of weeks. He'll go with me and uh, they'll have him, you know, taking care of business before we work and everything. Then they'll take him out for a while, but they always make sure he's on top of it. You know, they're always working with him. So same with the guys at the shop too. Everybody's just kind of supporting. So it's been good, man. It's beautiful. Talk about that experience, man. Cause you know, Bill, I've met Bill a few times and, and uh, um, amazing individual tattooer, you yeah. know, uh, talk about that experience working with them. You know, I mean, Junie's put out shit, man. Some of that she's gotten so many motherfuckers paid on that kanji flash that she put out. <laughs> I can't even tell you, you know, how many, uh, how many, uh, times I've done kanji off her sheets, man. And yeah. she used to joke with, um, Vince Pelton. I worked with a guy named Vince Pelton at Pops Tattoo in Vallejo, and he yeah. always used to get, you know, when Junie was putting out a new set of flash, 
he would he would try to get her to put you know number number one of however many he would try to get the number one set from her and uh but talk about that experience man those guys have a great rich history in san francisco and that's right you know real close to me Um, yeah um man it's been great i ran into them you know through through tattoo land We, we i think we first hooked up in in the uh, 03 or 04, we, we, we bet at um, some some local show. I won't even mention the show, but uh, <laughs> we ran into each other at some show and uh, hung out, had a great time. We, we were vibing right away and then um, took a visit up there to, the, you know, we were invited up there to go work, sit in with them for a week. And uh, it's been like that since then, man. The last uh, 12 years we've been going up there and... Uh, it's amazing, man. They got a whole other whole other angle of, of what tattooing is, you know, com- coming from down here from L.A. and knowing, you know, L.A. history and black and gray history. And then you go up there and they got a whole other ties, you know, and, and um, yeah, well-schooled, you know, the very, very uh, disciplined shop, very clean shop, um, very tight ship. They run a very tight ship and it's... Uh, it's tough. It's beautiful. They got um, all that Horitoshi stuff going on over there. And they got the Lou family going through there. So, yeah, it's amazing, man. It's real, real. Bill's, Bill's, you know, Bill's Bill, he's super, super amazing, wild and uh, creative and uh, all those things. And Junie's the same way, man. And then not only all that, uh, the music part, like these, these folks are big music lovers and, uh, my family and I also enjoy playing a little bit of music. So I think that's what kind of, you know, seals the bond that we were able to all hang out after work and, you know, just play some music and, uh, yeah, sure. Share that kind of memories. And I think that's been some of the coolest stuff. What do you play? Um, right now we're playing Haranas. We're playing like Jarocho uh, music from Veracruz. So we have like, um, we each have our own set. I have a tercera. There's like different sizes. So I've been concentrating on that. My my son plays uh, in a punk rock band as well as like the traditional Harana music. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my daughters, they just play the Harana music. So yeah, that's basically what we're playing right now. It's deep though, man. It seems like, you know, even your kid taking interest in punk music, but still like sticking to those roots of what, you know, the music you like to play. Um, it's, it's gotta be inspiring for you to see that too. You know, um, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. This just this weekend, we, we we took a trip down to the border and they had this thing called the Fandango Fronterizo, which is like a, a gathering on the border. So we literally, um, we had to take about a 40-minute hike through the American side. And then the Border Patrol, they'll open a hole in the fence for you to go through. And we got like a three-hour permit. So we'll butt up our, our uh, there's this wooden table called the tarima, you know, where they da- they tap dance on. And they'll butt that up against the, the wall, against the fence. And then the other side, the musicians from the south will butt theirs up against ours. And then the verses will sing like back and forth through the fence and uh, uh, got to take the kids down there. And um, I know my son was having, you know, we had this family 
issues going on with uh, some of his cousins this weekend. So he was kind of down. And I could just see him light up once we started playing over there. And um, also my youngest daughter, Mina, she just caught that groove where, you know, they have, they, they have been to these gatherings. They're called Fandangos. But we haven't been to many. And I think this one, they it really clicked with them. It really resonated. I could see it in their eyes and the, the drive. They caught on to the groove and they were able to jump in and then keep playing. And just to sit back and watch, that was, uh, yeah, that was nice, man. It's real nice. It's, you know, it's what, it's what it should be about, I think. It's where we want them to be. And, and I couldn't be any happier, you know. I couldn't be any more grateful for that opportunities like that to see them uh especially in the evening we went up we crossed the border and went over to hang out with the mexican musicians and um there's this little group of punk rock kids that were also traditional players you know uh -huh. but you can tell that on on the weekends they're punk rock kids and they were just scoping my boy out and i was like go over there son and he's like nah. and i was like dude keep just i told him just keep backing up till you run into them <laughs> <laughs> but they're kind of scoping them out and then when the when the party kicked off when people when the, the actual plane started uh one of them went over and called him out was like come over here and uh well, they were just jamming facing each other you know they're just because uh, it's kind of like that type of music it's totally about in the moment communication with the other musicians so uh yeah one of the kids kind of called them out and was like getting in front of them like come on let's let's jam you know and they were playing and then the other kids came around and uh before i knew it they had this little group right there on the side of just youngsters there's a lot of old people too you know a lot of elders that were there playing too but it was just nice to see that little thing popping off but uh, connection connection seems to be a theme that runs through you know your life how how does um and that right there, you know, that connection with that kind of music where it's it's a real back and forth jam type session. Does that help you in your tattooing when it's really in the moment? It's almost like a jam session with that client where you got to well, be back totally and forth. Is. Yeah, yeah, it totally is, man. That whatever it is that that those endorphins you draw on in those moments, you know, I mean. Uh -huh definitely the driving factor in, in our creativity at least as far as i'm concerned and in my in my experience you know that that seems to be the the way to go like in in the moment in the in the you know in the smells you know i'm like trying to smell it I, you know i grew up um also doing a little bit of hunting and and uh and it's all about that, you know. You got to go out there, and you got to, you got to breathe it in. You got to smell it. You got to, you know. There's a lot to it, so uh, uh -huh. you got to put yourself in it. And, you, and eventually, it gets so quiet when you're out there alone, and 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 you can feel the, you know, you can feel the earth's like its own breath. And you can, mm -hmm. if you can sync yourself with that, and it's the same thing with the music. You can sync yourself in that groove, then uh, it's all gravy, you know. Yeah, man, it's it is true. You know, it reminds me of that fucking line in in Training Day where they're driving down the street and he likes put the fucking windows down. You know, you gotta hear that shit. You gotta smell that shit. You gotta oh, yeah. feel the city. You know, and it's better when you feel in open air. And yeah. um, yeah, man, I think there there's that's a big part of the appeal. You know, yeah, to man. to being in that moment, and um, I think we seek 
those moments, those types of moments out. And it's amazing to be able to, like you said, to be able to expose your children to those, those, those moments of being in the yeah. moment, you know, enjoying It's one of the things I say at the end of most podcasts besides keep hustling is uh-huh. in, I started saying, enjoy your right now. You know, yeah. you got to enjoy right now, man. Like yeah, yeah. we all got bullshit around us. We all yeah. got, you know, this and that happening, you know, problems with the family, you know, problems yeah. with this problems with that, you know, but we got just right now. So we yeah. got to enjoy it, man. Whether it's having a conversation or whether it's tattooing, whether it's, you know, driving to, you know, wherever. Yeah. You just got to try to enjoy it, man. And, and make the most of it. And, um, it's right. something that it's something that's hard. You know, it's a lesson you learn each day. I think you, you got to strive to to make that better. Yeah, it's definitely one of the, one of the things that has made me most grateful about being able to tattoo, you know, and live this life has been that it's given me it gives me the opportunity to be able to set a schedule that works with what I want done, you know, with the way I want to prioritize my life. So um, I've never missed a field trip in my life. You know, I got a a kid that's 20 and then I got one that's the youngest is 14. And I've never, just this week, I was finishing painting the set at the school, middle school play. So I was painting the background for and working with the kids there. And I've done that my whole life, man. I've gotten, I've gotten very little sleep. (laughs) Very little rest, very little sleep, and I can kind of feel it now. I'm starting to feel it now. There's the the youngest ones getting ready to go to high school, uh-huh. but man, all those years you you don't get that time back. You know sure. what I mean? And to see the kids, I got to see them from babies. You know, changing their diapers, like working with them constantly. I was like, I'm like the most expensive babysitter. That's what I tell <laughs> my wife. <laughs> But because of tattooing, I was able to do that. You know what I mean? I was able to pick them up, and I still got to go pick them up in a little while. You know, Wednesdays, they get out early. And, and uh, yeah, it's been the best, man. Uh, definitely, if, if I have any advice for young fathers, it's like, you know, there is it, there's some, some merit in hard work. You know, hard work is important, and you do want to be an earner for your family. But also understand that that time is not coming back. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of our fathers worked hard their whole lives, and we didn't get to know them at all till maybe in their later years if we we're lucky. But to actually get to know your kids is uh, is is amazing. And uh, I gotta say that that's definitely one of the things that's made me most grateful about tattooing has been that the fact that I've been able to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoy my life that way, the way I wanted to, you know. As you're as you're you know, continuing on in this journey, man, and you start to feel those aches and pains. What oh, are you, man. what are you doing? It's one thing that I, I also deal with, man. You know, these, yeah. I'm 42. I love to work out. I love to, you know, try to stay healthy. It's my discipline that fucks me up sometimes and I don't get yeah. to the gym enough, but what are you, what are you doing and to stay active and, and be able to enjoy those things for longer periods of time. And even tattoo, man, because like a lot of times these, this thing, this shit catches up to you, you know, whether it's with your hands or your back or, you, you know, your neck or eye strain or whatever it is, you know, yeah. um, do, do you think about those things and you, you, what are you doing for that kind of stuff? 
Oh man, I, I think about it a lot now. I, I just went for my my uh, my uh, blood work and all that stuff, and I hadn't, hadn't been a doctor in like two years, so it was overdue. But um, man, I felt the most pain this year, and it just seems like it's not going to get any better from this point on out. So, um, you know what? It would help me a lot. Grow the last few years. You know, growing up, these last you know years that I've had kids, these last twenty years. I've been coaching, uh, coaching football, coaching mm-hmm. soccer. So that usually kept me, you know, active enough. And whatever they were doing, I'd be there too. So that kind of kept me moving. Now that my boy's in high school, my older daughter's out of school, my younger daughter d- wants to play volleyball, and they don't want me on the volleyball <laughs> court. <laughs> so this last two years, I found myself doing less activity, and it's been it's been horrible, man. I feel so tight. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we we set up a gym in in the, in the gallery. Uh, the only hassle is when we have a show and I gotta let people in. I gotta put away the the bags and everything. But yeah, um, yeah we've always worked out off um, off periods when they're not in sports. We've been involved with judo and with a, a little bit of muay thai. Yeah, and so the kids, you know, I, I work out with them basically yeah. whenever they they're willing to work out with me. And I tell now I can tell them that I now I have this old man thing going on, which I didn't have before. But I guess I'm getting to be an old man, so I can pull this old man card and be like, "Look, you gotta help me out. I helped you out when you were younger. You gotta fucking, you know, you gotta get motivate me." I tell my daughter all the time, "You want me around? You gotta, you gotta get in there with me." <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing to be able to you know, spend that, like you said, man, it just goes back to that quality time you get to spend with family and, and, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to, to strive after those goals that are going to allow you to achieve that time with them or or whatever your goals are, man, you know, you set your life up in that way. And it's, it's a blessing when those things kind of line up and that happens. So, um, and talk about before we, before we cut out, man, um, and and you go hang out with your kids and and uh you know, my family's gone man they're they're hanging out in uh, Santa Cruz California right now um nice. pool poolside for memorial you know after memorial day festivities and you know just memorial day just hit thank you to all the veterans um yeah. you know and and we remember those people all your guys' friends all the veterans friends that didn't come home you know and we're thankful for that and so yeah. Um, yeah, man, you know, but before we go, dude, talk about the, uh, the art collective that you were involved with that Freddie, uh, Freddie had a part, you know, a part to do with, um, organizing and, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. Um, there's this guy, Antonio Pelayo, that's been organizing these, these, um, art events, and um, they're working with Plaza La Raza, which is an old um, community center there in East mm-hmm. L.A. We we grew up just on the other side of the hill from there, so it's real familiar to, to our family. Um, yeah, it's been great, man. It, it, it actually, he, you know, it was, it was an art show. It was a gathering of, like, a lot of artists. Um, I think the cool the coolest part that came out of it was they did, uh, they moved the exhibition to Mexico. Mm. And it was hosted by the Leon Trowski Museum. So the exhibit, Tatuaje, went to Mexico. And um, 
it was awesome to be a part of that. I got invited mm. out there to speak and amazing. Uh, T- tell me about that. That that had to have been cool to go down there and be able to see that uh, in that right, environment. Right. Yeah, it was super cool. They they had a uh, they basically brought all the artwork from the show and then a few extra pieces, and we filled the museum. And then they had a month long um, exhibition. It was a month and a half, I think. But they would have different uh, artists visiting that would do different workshops or different different talks uh, about whatever their story was or, or their specialty. So it was, it was yeah, it was awesome, man. Um, what did you talk about? I went down there and I talked about how I they wanted to know how I composed the the pieces that I'm working on, where I drew my influences from. So I was able to share a little bit about you know some of the ceremonies that we're involved with and how I decide to do what I do on what part of the skin and my kind of like my methods for breaking things down uh, as far as the body, you know, the anatomy and, and splitting it in, into um, the appropriate um, entities, you know, you know, uh, sunrise, sunset, uh, north, south. And it's kind of like an approach that we have learned through, um, through the old altars, just kind of taking old math, like I told you before, and and then applying it to where where a tattoo placement would be, and um, so I talked about that stuff, and then um, you know what was great is that I, I I didn't go with the family, so it was only it was like uh, seven days I was out there by myself, and man I didn't want the guilt to get to me about being out there, so I was like I'm not gonna see nothing, I'm not gonna go shopping, I'm not gonna go eating everywhere. I'm not going to go see the pyramids. <laughs> the, the only thing I said I was going to do was uh, I wanted to tattoo tattooers. Uh-huh. So I spent six days in the chair, and I was maybe getting four hours of sleep a night. But I ended up tattooing, I think, 15 tattooers and did some big pieces, small pieces, faces, heads, uh, did everything I could as much as I could from the time I got off the plane till I got back on. And um, I was real grateful for that, that they would, you know, loan me their skin like that. And and they were so appreciative. And, uh, yeah, it was just great, great experience, man. Uh, it was a full, full-on, you know, tattoo. Uh, like, you got to love tattoo to experience tattoo that way. And and uh, that's exactly what I wanted, and, and it worked out. Yeah, it worked out great, man. I, I think people were happy, and uh, I think a lot of the youngsters over there too. Um, they're they're just striving for like knowledge, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because the the resources are way more limited in Mexico, as you would imagine, than they are here. So it was a big deal for them to have someone that they would, you know, we're we're just regular artists, we're just regular folks. We're not. I always tell people all the time, like, "Oh, you're badass." and like, nah, I ain't that badass. You know, we're just we're just drawing shit. But, you know, I appreciate that you like it. I appreciate that you like it. And uh, so anyways, these folks were, like, really into it, you know, and they were really excited and, and uh, almost in awe. Like, they, they, were, they were a trip, man. They, I got so many gifts. I didn't have to go shopping. I told my wife, I was like, did you go shopping? No, I didn't. But look at all these gifts I got for you. It was really really amazing man it was it was truly humbling uh experience man to um see that these folks have so much love and i mean these folks are committed i mean some serious collectors in a place where um 
you know, it's really, it's really taboo still. It's really fucking, it's getting better. It's getting a little more, more common, but mm-hmm. for a long time, the, the fear of getting tattooed in Mexico was real because what happens is when you want to apply for a job that's any kind of significant wage or involves, um, you know, uh, uh, insurance or anything worth, you know, a living wage, a true, honest living wage, what happens is you got to go to this physical. And when you go to this physical, doctors in Mexico have traditionally written down if you have any tattoos. And as soon as you write down you have a tattoo, that's an automatically disqualifying you from from getting any kind of labor. So at that point, once you commit to getting a tattoo, you're basically going to, you're saying you're going to hustle, you know, you're going to, we're going to do whatever you can, right? There's, there's other, there's hustle jobs. There's different kind of, of, you know, like sales type stuff, but it's any kind of significant wage. So that was kind of like the risk that you take by getting significant tattoos, but you go out there and you see these kids and they're like committed, some with face tattoos and on their hands and they're like, fuck it. You know, this is who I am. This is, they're embracing it. They love it. They have a passion for it. They want to learn it. So I, I think that was, the best part of the trip for me was just, you know, getting my, my battery recharged. Although I was on empty when I left, honestly, my, my creative and my, my love for the tattooing grew just a little bit more, man, being able to hang out with those kids. And, um, you know, it was good for them too, to see like an old guy come in and, and just work and work and didn't matter if it was late at, you know, three, four or five in the morning, right. six in the morning, and then wake up and do it again, you know, be there at 10 in the morning with a coffee and a tamar, like ready to go. <laughs> oh man, Antonio, I love it, dude. That's amazing stuff. And where can people, if, if people want to check out your work, where can they, where can they get a hold of that? And, and if they want to get well, tattooed uh, by you, where do they, where do they uh, hit you up at? Uh, I have that Instagram account, so they're welcome to check that out. I got an email address at the top. Um, you can try emailing me. Uh, to be honest, I, I got clients for like many years that I'm still working on, so my time is limited, but I definitely uh, try to reply to anybody that gets reaches out to me, and, mm. you know, we try to work it out. I, I, my schedule is... is um, I, I do like the the first come first serve kind of thing, uh, on a weekly basis. So I plan all my family shit out first, and then Sunday nights after I got the week planned out, I'll start booking for that week. So it's a lot easier than people think, but but uh, the time is limited, and you really got to want to get tattooed right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you can check uh, you can check Antonio out. It's uh, SMG underscore Antonio underscore GTC, and that's the Instagram. Hit him up. Um, amazing work, man. Beautiful. I love it. You know, I, I love that. You know, we're gonna have to have you know greater conversations, man, because I love that you guys use mathematics and and that you know. I'm I'm super into that stuff, you know, the golden mean and the and Fibonacci sequence and I use that I use a golden mean caliper in a lot of my work even when I'm designing direct to skin. Um I, I like to measure those things out. I like to get those ratios um yeah. right and um it it has definitely helped and um accentuated my tattooing, I believe, in the last few years, you know, taking that tool on. So Man, I'm sure we'll be talking about that, you know, in greater detail someday. 
Yeah, brother. Um, I look forward to it, man. I want to thank you too for, uh, you know, taking the time to see what we're up to over here. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure, man. And I, and, and I'm, you know, I hope as everybody is going to leave inspired and, and, uh, wanting to get into the tattoo shop man you know that's what i hope these things do is make you want to get in there whether you're a collector whether you're a tattooer whether you're curious never been in one you know i I got to tattoo my daughter for the second time and uh you know my son who's been in the shop since he was young hasn't been in there for a while got to come back in and hang out and videotape Uh the whole thing and you know it's amazing amazing uh amazing times happen yeah, in a tattoo shop so get in there support yeah. your local artist right yeah <laughs> thanks antonio i appreciate it man all right brother we'll see you uh i'm gonna go look for you i'm gonna go look for you pretty soon all right brother take right, care bro. yeah bye well thanks for listening everybody make sure you go check out tattoosmart.com Use the promo code Swanson. You get 10% off there. Please go check out TattooNow.com if you want a website built. Those guys are the experts. Get it done from them. They're great. Also, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter. I appreciate it. You can find me there at OG Joe Swanson. Thanks for listening, everybody. Man, I appreciate it. Another great show in the books. Thanks so much. Enjoy your right now, everybody, and keep hustling.